Good morning. It is Monday, February 27th, 2023, and this is DC Signal to Noise. We have seen more evidence that inflation is trending higher than the Federal Reserve's goals. USDA held its annual Ag Outlook Forum last week. We passed the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Rumors have now surfaced that China could start supplying Russia with military support and maybe most importantly, Major League Baseball has reported to spring training. Good morning and welcome to you all. Glad that you're with us. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. And we could see faster ball games if they see yeah. the new rules, Chip. You bet. Pitch clock. Pitch yes. clock for the first time. I've seen a little bit of it already, and some of the guys out there that are just coming up, and you know they've got their – their habits that they need to get rid of, or that pitch clock is is going to come into play quite a bit. I, Juan, I hope Soto, they... Juan Soto, to be exact. Uh, yes, yes. There, there are, there are several, several that need to get that conquered. Man, it's good to see you again. Uh, it, you've been doing quite a bit of traveling. What are you learning? Yeah, well, I'm learning that uh, fertilizer prices are coming down, and apparently by a lot, based on a Bloomberg report, Chip. Second is uh, poultry producers are really concerned because that uh, bird flu has really zapped more than a few around the world, too. Yeah. So they're, they're beginning to ask questions. Why, why doesn't uh, the administration and Congress uh, provide aid to them like they've uh, you know, provided ad hoc disaster? Uh, service for other crops and, and, and livestock. I'm hearing that. Uh, concern, Chip, about a lot of prime land going into uh, 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 energy solar. area, solar. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, there are thousands of new acres in Missouri when I was there for the pork producers. So, so that's something I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, a hope. I think among some that you can get dual use out of that ground solar panel and do some farming around the solar panels. I don't know if it's possible what the solar companies allow, uh, but I can't imagine getting back to pasture farrowing sows or something yeah. like that. <laughs> well, a number of them said, can't you put sheep in there to, to yeah. graze underneath the pan? Cause they are of course off the ground and I've right. seen different, I've seen different levels, but that's in my uh, list of topics to check on in the weeks ahead. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, back to your avian flu here for just a moment. What is the latest on the, uh, the uh, girl in Cambodia? Yeah, NBC News reported the World Health Organization ship is investig investigating the death of an 11-year-old in Cambodia of uh, the uh, potential from uh, the avian uh, influenza virus, and it infected her father too, perhaps infected her father. Now, if that's confirmed, that that that's a big development, Jeff. Big. Yeah, it certainly is, and it it suggests that. Uh, there would be widespread vaccination of the poultry flock. I'm not talking about vaccination of humans here, but vaccination of the poultry flock, correct? 
Absolutely. You know, yeah. and I, I'm going to do an email. You remember Bill Northey when he was oh, at, yeah. when he was in Iowa before he came to USDA. He became a crisis manager deluxe on yep. this issue. Uh, I'm going to be Wrote quizzing him, Chip, and maybe you want to have him on AgriTalk yeah. to his experiences. Yep, that's a great idea. I was that was just going through my head. Uh, let's make a note on that, Big Apple, and and uh, get get uh, Bill back on. Um, okay. Uh, let's Okay. You were out traveling a little bit again last week. Uh, uh, the US Ag Outlook Forum was last week. Did, uh, did you learn anything important there? Well, we let off on page four of Pro Farmer. The wow speech was the was the uh, ag minister uh, uh, who spoke uh, uh, online, uh, and the newness of the, the wow Ukrainian, factor chip, Ukrainian, the, the, the Ukrainian. I should have said yeah. Ukrainian. The newness in that is the new type of images uh, that he showed that was not, I guess, public. Uh, at the time. Now, some USDA people told us these were some of the satellite imagery that they've received as well. Mm -hmm. But you heard some gasp from the audience. So uh, I think it's it's uh, confirmed to some of the reduced forecast of uh, their uh, planted acres and the potential production, you know, this year out of uh, out of Ukraine. That will be a supportive element in the marketplace. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see any major surprises in the supply and demand balance sheets that we got no. from USDA. Uh, bean acres might have come in just a touch low. The total combined corn and soybean acres of 178.5 million. Again, a touch low, especially for somebody like me that was starting to lean for the first time, thinking maybe we could get all the way to 180 million. And you know what? When you think about it, is it a big deal? Yes. Is it a market changing deal? Probably not. No, the market needs co confirmation of those acres. Yeah. And, you know, we've had some changes over the last few years, right? From USDA yeah. Oh, yeah. initial uh, planning intentions uh, survey. So that's why I think the marketplace is very leery of uh, you, know, you know, planted uh, acres. Yeah. And I know in the private industry working at, uh, you know, Sparks and then in Pharma and whatever they're called now. Uh, they had a hard time. I, I, they will never admit it, but they had a hard time on on getting to the core of, of yeah. planted acres. That's where USDA is is king on that one. Okay, uh, let's go to a couple of things that happened over the weekend here. I got to start with this one: the winter weather in California, uh, heavy snow in some areas, rain in the HRW belt. Yeah, Jim, it. There, I think there's a widespread expectation that the pattern is going to change this spring, and I think we're seeing evidence that it is changing or has changed. Absolutely. You know, in December when I was in Newton, Kansas, I think for the 11th year in a row, uh, their weather forecasters were, were signaling a wetter season for yeah. HRW country. And it looks like, like you said, that may be the case. Uh, for the first time ever, I, I, at least I, saw a lot of snow under the Hollywood uh, sign. Yeah. In California, and they're building snowmen. Just, just unusual. Yeah. Now, I'll be going out to Oklahoma. Kathy Fowler's crop insurance group. I can't wait. 
and I'll be on the program with Bart Fisher, uh, former t- oh. uh, you know topic communist House Ag Committee, not Texas A and M. So I'm going to get a size up of, of Oklahoma weather, and I was worried about the forecast, but Oklahoma City, Denver that I'm going through, and even Chicago, which I try to avoid at all costs, it looks like pretty open weather this year. I yeah, this week this week this week. Okay. Um, this one's a little touchy, uh, the energy department. And I don't know why we're talking about the energy department and what they're discovering out of China, but they've basically concluded that the coronavirus was leaked from the lab. Yeah. Uh, th- that's interesting. They changed their attitude, you know, on this one uh, opinion. Uh, and that's what I personally think most Americans believe, Chip, that it was an oh, accident yeah. in a Chinese lab and China just didn't want to admit it. And we're starting to see the initial in, uh, 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 confirmation of that, yeah. although they're not cocky about it, is how I'd say it. The Wall Street Journal has an editorial on this saying even the, now some of the health uh uh, uh, services are beginning to acknowledge that this could have been a, a lab accident. And that's a major change. If you recall, the general liberal media poo-pooed all this as conspiratorial theory. Yep. So once again, we're seeing a revision of some of the early, uh, early reporting after yeah. Uh, COVID-19. Yeah, absolutely. And this is you know, this is one of the reasons that so many lawmakers have demanded an investigation to find out where it originated so that we know exactly what we are dealing with. Yes. Yeah, so you know, for any next time. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I mean, if you let this, uh, I, I won't, I won't call it nonsense, but the conclusion that it was somehow spread from eating bats or something like that, if you let that continue, Without understanding the the true source, you've got limited ability to fight it going forward. So yeah, we have a series of three years later on, on mask, on uh, closing down schools, yeah, even on the very sensitive thing of uh, vaccines. That yeah. now over the weekend, uh, Lancet, a, a noted publication in the health industry, came out and said, "Yeah, a natural immunity is just as good as two vaccines, Jeff." Yep. So, but boy, they weren't saying that before. No, no that that is that is uh, exactly right. Okay, uh, we we mentioned in the open that we passed the one year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And the development that I want to look at from over the weekend is there are at least rumors, at least rumors that China is considering providing military aid for Russia. Drones. Uh, Okay. What What kind of aid and what does the U.S. say about it? Well, I'll tell you, this is why some listeners I know have a question of why we spend time on this topic. But if if the U.S. ever confirms that China is overtly helping Russia, you're going Mm -hmm. to see major uh, sanctions, even more sanctions and major uh, uh, flare ups in the U.S. China policy. And that's why we cover this. Now, China's starting to maneuver, Chip, I've seen in the Chinese press of saying they have no control over third party selling of their drones. And I think that they're beginning 
to put caveats on uh, what could be uh, help to Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, this is something that we're going to have to watch very closely oh, because of the potential action that the U.S. may be forced into if if uh, if the aid does flow that way. All right, yes. let's take a look at the week ahead. Number one on the list, lawmakers are back in full session this week, Jim. Um, and I, I would think... I would think that the debt limit would be very close to the top of the priority for both the House and the Senate. Well, it should be, and it is, behind-the-scenes talks. Uh, you've got the uh, White House saying their their next budget is going to come out March the 9th. And why do I bring up okay. the budget? Maybe they'll say something relative to the debt relief uh, talks, Re either debt increase, not relief, debt increase or debt suspension. Because, frankly, the White uh, uh, Biden, our president, has not spoken with uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy since their uh, last uh, visit together several weeks ago, Chip. So th that's important. Now, we have until uh, uh, various estimates, June, July, uh, as far as hitting, hitting the critical date. So, yes, absolutely, that's one. You know, other ones is that... Uh, uh, we have an ethanol conference, national ethanol yeah. conference uh, going on Tuesday through uh, Thursday. And we, we know the issues, but for late Friday, it was uh, revealed that uh, the office management and budget finally signed off on EPA's uh, proposed rule for year round uh, E15. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll get a, We could get an announcement yet this week. And of course, farm bill hearings, the House Ag Committee. Yeah, uh, as uh, uncertainty, inflation and regulation challenges for American agriculture. Then I think we have Senate Ag Committee on uh, Wednesday is going to uh, review the Farm Bill Conservation and Forestry uh, program. So we have a lot okay. of uh, a lot going on this. Oh, week yeah. On yeah. Hill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to get into a little bit more detail sure. on some of these things. Um the CEO of Growth Energy, Emily Score, was on AgriTalk on Friday morning with us. She remains optimistic that E15, year-round availability of E15 is going to happen. She would also like to see a legislative fix on the reed vapor pressure waiver to, to update, update or upgrade, update. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, how to put it, but to make it so that E15 doesn't need the reed vapor pressure waiver. Yeah, based on much uh, improved and new information since they yeah. made their initial declaration, Chip. Yeah, and then I ask her, what confidence does she have in Congress? Because, you know, frankly, anything controversial, and this is controversial, yeah. Uh, within parties, within the Democrat and, yeah. and, and Republican parties. So, Yep. I have my doubts that Congress is going to codify any changes. Okay. All right. Uh, you, you, there have been some House and Senate listening sessions, hearings on the Farm Bill. Is, is anything new taking shape in the Farm Bill conversations? Well, there's, there's a couple things. Uh, the, the most important issue in the Farm Bill as we wrote on Pro Farmer today, is whether or not uh, the House and Senate Ag Committee leadership can convince the powers that be in Congress and in the White House to increase the Farm Bill baseline, Chip, because yeah. you're going to need it, <coughs> sorry, in order to improve Title I. Yeah. 
That's and, one. And the second one is you, you, uh, you have to get away from the myopic focus on whether or not we're going to get a bill this year. Settle the budget issue, funding issue first, and then that'll be a better barometer. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree with that, but don't, don't they, if they are going to construct a better safety net, don't, don't we know how much money is going to be available? Well, we, we know from the OMB base office management and budget baseline, but that's not going to be the final one. They'll come out with revised estimates. OMB will. So okay. I think they'll include in this one the around $20 billion that, uh, remember that by law, that uh, helped fund the conservation programs. I yeah. think $18 billion conservation spending and I think $2 billion in technical assistance. Will that be part of the Farm Bill baseline? That's $20 billion. Even in Washington, that's a lot of, a lot of money. But here's the other issue, Chip. You take whatever the amount, $80 billion or whatever over the last few years, we've spent on ad hoc disaster programs. Yeah. That is not in the baseline now. So if you're going to try to get most of that back into Title I as, as, a, possible, as a possibility for funding, uh, you have to have a, a, a sign-off on that by the various uh, people in Congress. And so mm -hmm. that, it's a critical issue. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like if you have a, a, a good player, you want to sign up in sports. If the money is not there, you're not going to sign them. Right. Right. Yeah. And and the way things stand it, and I think this is generally known, but the way things stand with the title one and the safety net, the ARC, uh, uh, the it's the just not providing much protection for 2023. It will improve. Yes. As we get into 2024, because it is an Olympic average and it will start to take into account some much higher uh, uh, revenue years than what are in place for 2023. But but there's not a lot of protection in those safety net for 2023. It's anemic. And, and yeah. I, I don't care. You know, I don't ever like to see uh, ag committee uh, uh, leaders. Uh, put a report card on on a farm bill that they were significantly parts of. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's like you if you're in school and you grade your own test. Sorry, that doesn't work out. Yeah. I think outside observers have to grade it. And sorry, Title I is anemic, so let's improve it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, what about the recommendations from the Farm and Agriculture Climate Alliance? What did you make of those? I won't call it a nothing burger, but uh, it's close to. It's the same, very similar to what they had before. And I think any group that puts out recommendations, and they should, mm -hmm. uh, put a price tag on them. And don't hide behind the screen. We don't know what the final uh, price tag, tag is on our proposals. Uh, if they're going to be serious, come to the table with cost estimates, Chip. There was one from the group you mentioned about uh, maybe waiving uh, the payment caps on in certain areas. Uh, AGI had a consideration in there. Yeah, I think that that's a note, something to watch. But it's going to be hard hard to convince this Congress, especially in an era of uh, 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 debt reduction. Yeah, 
Yeah, the uh, the thing that I found interesting in here is a couple of things because the first, uh, you know, it's a it's a climate alliance, and uh, the the climate is part of a, a major part of the consideration here. Of course, uh, one thing, a couple of things that I found interesting is they would like to move the programs that are being initiated or being implemented at USDA back over to the farm bill that i think makes sense doesn't it and the energy well there is an energy title so you would think so but yeah. you know whenever you get into turf turf issues if it's another committee i'm telling you it's it's not impossible but there's big hurdles it's like fda if you want to move i don't know how many hog producers i talked to last week in missouri who has dealt with pers chip yeah. For, for about 10 years ago, they basically came out with the vaccine to deal with the PERS, but FDA has still not signed off on it. And now since that 10-year development, we've actually, with editing, gene editing, we've even improved uh, yeah. the, 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 the outlook for that. Genetic it, resistance. Absolutely. And so uh, again, but to move that decision to a much a better uh, USDA because they've proven themselves in this area. Uh, that's a classic case where uh, to move uh, to move jurisdiction is very hard in this town. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, EPA should finally give us the announcement on E15 year-round availability. That's good. And it should be positive based on what you and others have heard from Michael Regan, right, at EPA? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and go over to the Supreme Court because a couple of uh, uh, expected rulings and oral arguments are expected this week. Are we going to get the decision on Prop 12 out of California? Well, we reported last week that the famous Washington phrase, it's going to be out relatively soon. Yeah. Okay. I was told from now into very uh, early March. So we're going to see. When I asked for evidence of our sources, they, they held back. So I, I don't know. I don't think there's a leak in the Supreme Court again. But uh, the, the hog industry people that I talked with se seemed fairly upbeat that we're going to get some type of an announcement by early March. Okay. Um, and Prop 12, of course, is very important because if it were to go against uh, yeah. the hog industry, then the activist against U.S. agriculture will use that as a template. Oh, so, oh wow. that's, that is a launching pad. Yes, launching that pad. That is Absolutely. a launching pad for their efforts. There's, yeah. That is no no doubt about that. All right, RT3. Uh, by the way, if you would like to participate in our final few minutes of conversation here this morning, there's a comments tab somewhere on your screen. You can click on that and send it our way, and, and we will try to get to it. Uh, RT3 says, WOTUS is danger. Regenerative ag is going for the big money. Traditional row crop farming is on the chopping block. I didn't know about this one. Joe Rogan's weighing in on the Rogan uh, on the Regen Regan. Ag shows. Uh, a big push for dollars. Rogan is a PR tool. I I haven't seen much of that. Hmm, no, but we'll check into it. Uh, yeah, RT three. Yeah, yeah, definitely need to uh, to check into that and see what Rogan is talking about. Now, uh, Lotus again. We should get some 
hopefully yep. some clarification from the Supreme Court no later than June. But usually any sensitive issues, and I would call what a sensitive issue, usually is later rather than sooner. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, the Supreme Court is also set to hear the oral arguments on the legality of President Biden's plan to forgive student loans. The reason that I think we need to talk about this is because this has inflationary uh, considerations. If, if the loans are forgiven, this is a this is affecting a a group of consumers that are buyers. I, I, these people are spending because it's that it's that time of their lives. Yes, when they when they are spending, so it is all about how much economic activity this group of people is generating. If it's forgiven. The Fed's, the, the Fed's job to control inflation is going to be that much more difficult. Yes, well, it'll be more difficult either way, Chip, because Wall Street Journal has an excellent story or stories uh, in their paper today on this issue with the millennials, et cetera, that even if the Supreme Court uh, um, okayed uh, Biden's uh, uh, you know, you know, position on this, which would be shocking, by the way, to a lot of people, but e if they did, then the same students would pile on even more debt. Yeah. You know? Oh, they are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, this is a mini crisis in the making, I think, either way. Either oh. way. It, it, you know, when when the idea was first floated, eh, maybe not first floated, floated by the Biden administration, when it was first floated by Biden, that he would do it by executive order, the majority of people's reaction to it was can he do that well yeah. that's the that's what we're we're trying to find out um what are the odds that if if the supreme court says no uh, this can't be done by executive order what are the odds that it comes up in the senate well you it, they wouldn't get the 60 votes Jeff. but they might bring it up and make it a big issue Oh, of course they will. No matter what, they they'll okay. bring it up. Oh, optics, optics, uh, you know, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Optics matter uh, yeah. on 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 this one. You know, uh, we on uh, Pro Farmer site we have a chart that shows the use of executive orders by the most recent presidents, and Biden now is easily surpassed uh, Trump and Obama. So that shows you how he's wielding his his uh, perceived power. Yeah. In this area, due to a lack of getting totally what he wants from Congress. And this is when they controlled both the House and the Senate. <laughs> right. You know, I remember complaining about it. Well, for the first time, really under Obama. And then really complaining about the use of, of executive orders when Trump was doing it, because yeah. it's just not the way to, to to handle issues. And now Biden just blowing it's really, really amazing yeah. uh, what well, is happening. Well, let's connect okay. dots. You, you mentioned before the uh, biofuels industry wants to codify. Yeah. You know the E15. Th th that's the reason why, Chip. If it's codified, it's not so easy to issue executive yeah. orders, and and that's gotcha. why I always go through Congress. Gotcha. Okay. Don't want to run out of time before we get to a couple of other things. March one, there's going to be some changes to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or SNAP. Uh, 32 states are making the changes that are basically going to remove the 
added provisions that have been in place for about three years now, Jim. Yes. Uh, some families could see benefits cut by up to $250 a month. This is significant. Yes. And some states have already uh, 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 took off that. They, they yep. accelerated the March 1 timeline. Yep. Other states like New Jersey have offered additional funding uh, by themselves. In fact, offering the food stamp recipients in New Jersey more than that what they were getting before, Chip. Yeah. So this is a mixed affair. So yeah, we, we've covered this issue pretty hard this weekend and today on Pro Farmer. All right. All right. Um, okay. That, that conversation is going to continue over there because we've got just a little bit of time and I want to get your reaction on this. What did you make of the trip of President Biden over to Ukraine? Uh, it was impressive, I thought. I mean, that's uh, whenever a president visits a war zone, uh, that's key. Yeah. That's I would say. What does it mean for us? Commitment by at least uh, Biden. And now there's growing, you know, again, when I give a lot of speeches, Chip, as you well know, I'm getting the questions now, how much more money should American taxpayers be sending Ukraine? Uh, uh, Farmer President Trump is out there questioning how much more yeah. we should send. So, And uh, Condoleezza minimum, Rice is warning people, warning some of the candidates saying, now listen. Be careful what you say right now, because going forward, they the American people will try to hold you to it. Uh, yes, I think at minimum, Chip, uh, Congress needs to get an accountability of the billions and billions of dollars we've already uh, provided. And uh, we'll see if they're given that. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Jim. Hey, buddy, have safe travels this week. OK, OK, we'll see you all right. the people. Yep. Today on AgriTalk, we've got Machinery Pete and the new CEO of NCGA, Neil Kasky. This afternoon, Craig Turner from the Stonex Group will be my guest. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. <laughs>